This episode of NPTE StudyCast is brought to you by ATI. They're one of the leaders in clinical research within the physical therapy profession with all 900 plus ATI clinics placed in the 100th percentile in CMS's merit-based incentive program for the second straight year. Go to ATIPT.com if you want to join their team and jumpstart your new career. That's ATIPT.com. Hello, hello, and welcome to today's episode of the MPTE StudyCast. I am your host, Dr. Rachel Barisi, and today we're going to be talking about understanding sublingual nitro. <clears throat> and this is an important concept when we're talking about the MPTE because now we're talking about safety, and we know safety is a hard hitter on the MPTE. So let's just jump right in. Our overall view of today, what we're going to talk about is mechanism of action of the drug, some side effects, some need-to-know things as a PT and just in general, need to know information about the drug and how that patient is taking the drug and what you need to educate your patient on for safety, the rule of threes, and then we're going to wrap up some safety considerations um, so we can keep everyone safe. If you see sublingual nitro, primary thought, trigger word is angina. Sublingual nitro is fast acting to combat angina. It is an anti-anginal med. Primary indication, primary problem for safety. The way that nitro in itself works is that nitrates are converted to nitric oxide in the vessels and nitric oxide is a potent vasodilator. So nitric oxide is known as an endogenous endothelial relaxing factor and it decreases the sensitivity of the contractile proteins of calcium. And we know calcium causes contraction. So it decreases the sensitivity to allow relaxation of the blood vessels. Put that in plain English, it is a potent systemic vasodilator, meaning we're going to have dilation of the arterioles as well as the venous system. It causes a decrease in preload which is that venodilator. It causes decreased afterload, which is that arteriodilator. And most importantly, in the world of angina, it's increasing blood flow to the coronary arteries. So it works fast, quick onset, potent vasodilation. Because of that, we can assume the main side effect is hypotension and dizziness, fact. We're going to talk about it in a second, but if your patient has to take sublingual nitro, they should be in a seated position because they are going to become hypotensive, period. We are vasodilating everything. When you are hypotensive, you tend to feel dizzy. So those two go hand in hand. And then the third most common side effect with sublingual nitro is headache. They might also get reflex tachycardia, nausea and vomiting, and flushed feeling in the skin. When you have a patient that you are caring for and they have a history of heart attack, they have a history of angina, we need to be asking certain questions, okay? We need to be thinking about what types of meds are they on? Because likely at some point they have been prescribed nitro. And the question is, do they have nitro on board now? If they do, if they're prescribed nitro, 
it must be carried on their person at all times, not just while they're with you in your PT session, at all times. Because if they overexert themselves, if they start to have angina, they need to have that medication ready now. So it needs to be on their person, which means on their being with them, not in the car, not in their wife's purse, not at home, on their physical being carrying it. And then there's some rules attached to this. And that is, it needs to be in its original container. So there's an original bottle that it comes in. It is dark and typically opaque in color. It should be kept in that bottle for a number of reasons. But one of the reasons is to ensure that it's not expired. Expired nitro is less effective. It's less potent. So if that patient has nitro and they have the bottle on them, check the expiration. It is sublingual, which means it goes under the tongue. Place the tablet under the tongue. They should not chew it. They should not swallow it. Typically, when they place it under the tongue, they may feel a burning sensation. There is some suggestive research that states if you feel the burning sensation, that ensures that there's potency to that med. The other side of the coin is, is some of the research says if you don't feel it, it doesn't mean it's not working. So just kind of have that in mind. They might have that sensation. That is normal. It should almost be happening every time they are to take it. And then just like I said before, before taking the nitro, they should sit down because they're going to become hypotensive and they are going to get dizzy. On top of all of that, if they're having active angina, we are sitting down because now we're actively resting. Okay. Ooh, went too far. Last super important education point. If your patient has nitro on board, they should not be taking an erectile dysfunction med like Viagra or Cialis because it can cause profound hypotension. And sometimes you will see that a patient has both prescribed. In the event that they do have both meds prescribed, it is important to educate them that if they were to take Viagra or Cialis, that they should then not take nitro if they were to have angina. Both medications work very similarly and will cause hypotension to profoundly drop and can cause very serious complications. Okay, rule of threes. If your patient has angina, <clears throat> known history of angina, they have nitro on board, they have it on their person, they sit down, rest, the angina persists, they can take angina, they can take their nitro, they place the nitro under their tongue and they wait five minutes. If the angina does not go away, they can take a second nitro, place it under the tongue, wait five minutes. At this point, you're calling 911. If the angina still does not resolve after the second nitro, they can take a third nitro. So the rule of threes means patient can take up to three nitros five minutes apart. <clears throat> Excuse me. It is important that you do follow the rule of after the second nitro, call 911. Because the faster you have 
that EMS response activated, if this is an active heart attack, if this is progressing, by the time EMS comes or by the time they get to the hospital, it'll be a shortened period of time. I've worked with patients for over 14 years. Sometimes they don't want you to call 911. This is the point in your career where you have to make that decision. On a test, you 100% will be calling 911 if you're in an outpatient clinic. So to recap, you're working with a patient. They have known angina. They have stable angina in their history. They're prescribed sublingual nitro. They have it on their person. You are actively exercising during your session. They have onset of angina. You have that patient sit down and rest and start getting that nitro out. If that angina has not resolved with rest, they're taking one nitro. In this process, you are taking vitals and assessing your patient because you have to be aware that this could progress. After five minutes time, if the angina has not resolved, they can, say, they can take a second nitro. After that second nitro has been taken, you are calling 911. If the, if the angina still has not resolved, they can take up to three. They should not take more than three. Make sure that you're actively monitoring vitals throughout and writing them down. So if you do have to call EMS, you have the information ready, ready to go. Okay, some additional safety considerations. Like I mentioned before, if your patient has a history of angina, it is your job to ask, do you have nitro prescribed? If they do, you should be educating them to have it on their person, especially if they don't currently have it on their person. Monitor vitals throughout in case there's progression of symptoms. If that patient takes the second nitro, you're calling 911. And if you have to take nitro during your session and that angina does resolve and the patient feels fine, do not resume exercise. That patient can become profoundly hypotensive if you were to continue. Make sure your patient is safe and asymptomatic with good vital sign response before sending them on their way. The last thing I wanna mention is that is a typical outpatient scene. In the inpatient environment, the patient is not allowed to have their own medication on them. You would have to notify the nurse and then the nurse would give the medication. Just a technicality. Okay, I hope that was helpful for you. If you have any questions, please reach out to me. You can reach me on Instagram, Gmail, text message. And if this was helpful and you are actively prepping for your NPTE, Check out my website. I have a prep course available, eight hours of pre-recorded material. And every NPTE, I'll be hosting a two-hour live question-based review session. So check it out, reach out, and whatever you have to do, get after it.